Spirit of the Lord is here this morning. Oh, I praise you, God. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. Thou art worthy, O God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's worthy of all our praise. Amen. Just like the day of Pentecost, the wind is blowing again. Hallelujah. Oh, what an awesome God we're serving this morning. Praise God. This is where all your services should be. Should leap for joy, run for joy. When you think of God's goodness, His mercy, His long-suffering towards us. Praise God. There's people that would love to be able to be in this building right now. To hear and to be a part of what you are being a part of. Amen. Don't ever take it politely. We never know what tomorrow holds. Yes. We never know. As they used to say in the old days, I'm getting mine today. Because <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yes. Amen. I may not be here. I may not have this opportunity. Amen. Praise God. But I truly love the Lord and I really appreciate all that God is, is doing and what He is doing. Amen. And Jesse, don't ever stop praising the Lord, man. That's, That's what right. it's all That's about. Right. God has got His hands on you, man. So let's keep worshiping God. Amen. All of us. Amen. We never know. We're never too old to find out what God is going to do in our lives. Amen. Man, Moses, 80 years old, out with his father's sheep. And God says, okay, now we got some training. Let's go back and <laughs> do what I saved you for in the first place. Amen. You never know what God is going to do, where He's going to take you. Amen. So we got to be prepared, amen, for these things. Amen. Pentecost. Amen. Amen, amen. Oh, man, I'm excited about the Lord. Acts 2 this morning. Sister Miller's already quoted my scripture. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me encourage you as much as I can to be in church at every service, every teaching. Amen. We've got so much stuff going on coming up. Amen. Summer's here. Everybody thought we was probably getting ready to go back in the winter yesterday, huh? Last night. But God, He's got a purpose. He's got a purpose. Acts 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them Utterance. Amen. And I want to minister to you from this thought today, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Father, we thank you again this morning, Lord Jesus. We praise you, God, right now and give thanks for your presence, Lord. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, God, we pray that you stay with us, O God. 
Fill us, God, just like that first day, oh God, I pray that you pour out your spirit in Jerusalem, Lord. We thank you again today, Lord God, I praise you, Lord, right now. In the precious, precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated this morning. The Holy Ghost. Amen. Pentecost was one of those three days that every male was required to appear before the Lord. It was a time to commemorate the giving of the law. It was a time to commemorate the first fruits. Amen. It was a time of giving thanks for the harvest. It was to be seven weeks from the Sabbath or the Passover feast, amen, unto the Pentecost. When you look at it, you count the weeks, there was 49 days or seven weeks, amen, that it was required to be. They had the Passover and then they had Pentecost. And so Pentecost it means 50 days, amen. It's a time of jubilation. It was a time of celebration. We see that Paul told the church at Rome in the 8th chapter, the 23rd verse, that we are kind of a first fruit, or we are they of the first fruits of the Spirit. Amen. So Pentecost is key and essential to us as the children of God. Some folks says that the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterances not for us today but was only for those back in Jesus' days. Is it any wonder why the world in which we live is so turned upside down? As Paul told the church at Galatia, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? But we are not so naive to believe such foolishness, because the Scripture clearly points out to you and I that God would proud His Spirit in the last days, as Joel admonishes in the second chapter, and yet ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out of my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnants whom the Lord shall call. Even the Apostle Peter tell us, for the promise is unto you and unto your children and to all that are far off, even 
11, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So my brothers and sisters, if the Holy Ghost was only for those in Jesus' time when He was upon the earth, how is it that even today, in the 21st century, many around the globe are still being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. As a matter of fact, last year, I don't know if you read this or not, but the Southern Baptist Church, who had denied the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and for ten decades had resisted their missionaries on foreign soil to teach and to preach about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. The Charisma Magazine posted this article, and I quote, After decade-long resistance, the Southern Baptist Convention will admit missionary candidates who speak in tongues, a practice associated with Pentecostal and Charismatic churches. The new policy approved by the Denomination International Missions Board on Wednesday, May 13, reverses a policy that was put in place ten years ago. Speaking in tongue is an ancient Christian practice recorded in the New Testament and which people pray in language they do not know, understand, or control. The practice died out until Pentecostal emerged around the turn of the 20th century. In Pentecostal churches, it is considered one of the many gifts of the Holy Ghost, including healing and the ability to prophesy, allowing Southern Baptist missionaries to speak in tongue or have what some Southern Baptist leaders call the private prayer language, speaking to the grand strength of Pentecostal churches in Africa, Asia, and South America where Southern Baptists are competing for converts and were energized new Christians. If the Southern Baptist Church all of a sudden realize that this is true, then everybody else better believe that it is true. Paul told the church at Corinth, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is also in vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up if so be that the dead rise not for if the dead rise not then is not Christ raised and if Christ be not raised your faith is vain you are yet in your sin then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ is perish and what Paul is saying is if you don't believe in the Holy Ghost you're useless Your religion is false. John says that Jesus Christ 
Once He came, would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jeremiah says, I said I'm not going to speak in that name anymore. But it was as fire shut up in my bones and I could not stay. He said I had to tell somebody. This is why the Holy Ghost is associated with the resurrection. It is a restoring to newness of life. Amen. As Paul told the church at Ephesus, you who was dead in your trespasses and sins have been quickened together with Him by grace are you saved. You see, if the Holy Ghost was not for you and I today, it would never have been a promise by God. But when God made promise to Abraham, because He could swear by no greater, He swore by Himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after He patiently endured, He received the promise. You see, God cannot lie. So when God makes a promise, He has to bring it to pass. And God had promised that in the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. So those that would deny the influence of the Holy Ghost is lost. Because the Bible says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Praise God. If we do not believe the Word of God, then we're hopeless. But I come to tell you today that the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far even as many as the Lord our God shall call. For as many as you, Paul says, have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The Holy Ghost is for everyone. Amen. The Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. The Holy Ghost is not just for you, but everyone can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Some folks says that this water that Jesus told Nicodemus about, when he says you must be born again of the water and the Spirit, they began to say this was when a child is born from his mother's womb. But how foolish can this be? We are not that gullible to believe that that's what the Lord Jesus would speak of. As a matter of fact, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.17, for it's better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also have once suffered for sins, but just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, then put the death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedience, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few 
That is, eight souls were saved by water. The light figure, whereunto even baptism, doth also now save us. Not the putting away the fifth of the flesh, but is an answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into the heavens and is on the right hand of God. Angels and authority and power being made subject to Him. Notice what Peter says. Eight souls were saved by water. Peter also let us know that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So for 100 years while Noah was building the ark, he was preaching to the people to repent to turn to God. But they did not obey his preaching and his word. But notice what Peter says. Eight souls were saved by water. Once the ark was complete, Noah and his family got into the ark and God shut the door and it began to rain. And the rain began to pick that ark up off the ground and that ark floated. That's what Peter has said. Eight souls were saved by water. Why? Because they was inside of the ark. As long as you stay in the ark, you're going to be alright. You will keep floating. You see, the ark represents Jesus Christ. This is why the Lord told Moses, see that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mount. When you look at the gopher wood, it is a cedar tree. A cedar tree is an everlasting tree, our ever-loving tree, amen, and we know that this tree represents Jesus Christ, because in Him was life, and the light was the light of man, Jesus told them, when they was carrying Him up the Calvary's hill, He turned to them and said, if they've done this in a green tree, what will they do in a dry, because He is life, and an evergreen tree is a cedar tree, and it always has life in it. Amen. And cedar tree is a light wood. It will float. Amen. Easily. And as a result, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. When one is classified and in cedar tree is considered as a salt wood as well. When you look at it, amen, that means compassion. Isaiah says, amen, that he was filled with compassion. Amen. Jeremiah says that his compassions are nude every morning. He had compassion upon the people when he saw the multitude. The cedar tree also, when you begin to look at it, it will repel insects. This is why a lot of people use it. Amen. When you look at this tree, when they came to rest Jesus in the garden, He says, Whom do you seek? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And when Jesus says, I am He, they went backwards and fell on their face. David says in 
Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked and my even my enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble. And they fall. This cedar tree, when you look at it in the middle, it has a red tinge that flows down through it, which represents the blood. For neither is there salvation in any other. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of one sin. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that makes us whole. There is a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath the flood loose all their guilt and their stain. The tree leaves on a cedar tree and produce what is called as resin and resin is used in the making of medicine and we know we take medicine usually for our healing. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of our peace is upon him and with his stripes we are healed he says that I come to heal the broken hearted amen it represents Jesus Christ and then you look at the ark it had to be sealed within and without it represents the Holy Ghost what's on the inside must be exactly what's on the outside if you have holes in your Holy Ghost you're going to see Praise God. you got to be sealed within and without. Hallelujah. Pitch it, Noah. Pitch it. Amen. There was one door unto the ark. Jesus says in John 10, I am the door to the sheepfold. All that came before me are thieves and robbers. By me, if any man enter in, he shall come in and go out and find pasture. Amen. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the door. There was one light, one window, and the top of the ark to give light. You see, you cannot live without light. You've got to have the light. This is why Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. He goes on and he says to put three floors in this ark. Amen. As we look, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are three manifestations of God. But how many arks were there? There was only one ark. This is why people are confused when they think that Jesus is outside of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. This is why Paul says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Jesus Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities 
and powers. And then there was to be rooms in that ark. Jesus says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Mansions means abodes, a place that God will take up residence. Aren't you glad that He's taking it up in you? Amen. You are the abode. He says, I will come and dwell within you. Praise God. So the ark represents the 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 Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And we're not so gullible to believe that the Holy Ghost is not for us. Few, eight souls were saved by water. Baptism doth now save us. Paul told the church at Corinth in the 10th chapter, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how all our fathers was under the cloud and all passed through the sea and was all baptized by Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all had the same spiritual meat and they all had the same spiritual drink. For they drank from that rock that followed them and that rock was Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, amen, the pattern that God establishes will never be changed. Amen. He desires to, to put His Spirit inside of each and every one of us. He was over them as the Spirit and the cloud and they passed through the Red Sea which represent water baptism. As long as you stay in the church, you're going to rise above your circumstances. You'll be lifted up above your problems. You'll be lifted up against those things that constantly come against you. Why? Because you're in Christ. Praise God. The Bible lets us know in John 3 that Jesus came to John the Baptist and that John was baptized in Enoch beyond Jordan and a near Siloam. Why? Because there was much water there. So if sprinkling was satisfied baptism, then John would not have been looking for a whole lot of water. He knew the pattern. He knew they had crossed the Red Sea. He knew they had crossed the Jordan. He knew that Christ represented, amen, the, the water for them, amen. The pattern had been established. But my brothers and sisters, some today will try to confuse and to try to tell you that it's not for you. But if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then my brothers and sisters, the Holy Ghost was for you yesterday, the Holy Ghost is for you today, and it will be for you tomorrow. For you see, yesterday, amen, is past. Today, tomorrow, will be tomorrow. <laughs> Does that make sense? Today, tomorrow, will be yesterday. And tomorrow will be today. <laughs> and today will keep going. That's why it will be no end until Jesus comes again. And so the promise that God has made to you and I, that He will pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, upon your children and your children's children, and as many as fall out, there is no end to the receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost until Jesus comes again. Yes. Yes. So the promise is to you 
Praise God. Those that would deny the Holy Ghost is confused. And this is why those that are living without the Holy Ghost is confused. Paul goes on and he began to, to tell us, amen, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, farce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. They will say that they are Christians, but they will not allow the Holy Ghost to come in to bring about a complete change in their lives. He says, from such, turn away. For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women's laden with sin, led away with divers' lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobates concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifested unto all men, as theirs also were. Amen. What Paul is trying to get us to see here, that as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, notice what he say, that they that resist the truth, Amen. Become men of corrupt minds. You see, when a man resists the truth, he thinks he's a woman and when he's actually a man. Or she thinks she's a man when she's actually a woman. They resist the truth. Paul says, they that resist the truth, that God will send a strong delusion that they will obey a lie and damn themselves. Could it be, my brothers and sisters, what we are seeing in the world today is a process of those who are rejecting the truth? Could it be those who said the Holy Ghost is not for us today? Could it be those who is not to seek uh, the things of God. Could it be the more warrior one become, the less truth he will possess? Uh, the Bible tells us to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. For shun for vain and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, uh, and the words shall eat as does a canker of whom Hermanus and Philetus who concerning the truth have erred saying the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith 
of many. Many have been thrown away because they have listened to false doctrine. They have listened to false teaching. If the Southern Baptist Church, who denied the infilling of the Holy Ghost, has woken up, should not we, who know truth, wake up and realize that God is God and God does not change and that if He poured out His Spirit before, He will pour it out again. Praise God. I beseech you, Paul says, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and first speech deceive the hearts of the simple. This is why Jesus Christ says, Beware, lest any man deceive you. Paul began to tell us to see that no man deceive us. Amen. We must believe the truth. Paul goes on and says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Jesus Christ. For in Him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, which is the head of all principalities and powers, and whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, and put it up of the body, the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. Bear it with Him in baptism. You see, there's no longer the cutting off of the foreskin, but now it's the cutting off of the heart. It's the turning away of that old life, and we become new creatures in Christ Jesus, and the waters of baptism. This is why God says, I will write my laws in their hearts and in their mind so that they will all know me. Jesus wants to put His Word inside of you. He wants His truth to be inside of you so that you are no longer confused as to who He is. He wants you to know who He is. Amen. In His fullness and His deity. Even Cornelius realized that he needed to send to Simon Peter to hear what thus said the Lord. And while Peter yet spake the word, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed was astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answer Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which has received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then pray they him to tarry certain days. How did they know that they had received the Holy Ghost? The Bible says, For they heard them speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. In Acts 19, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since 
you believe. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He said unto them, Unto then what were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. Said unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul has laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. We're not so gullible to believe that the Holy Ghost is not for us today. We must believe the Word of God is true and will not change until He comes Again, this is why David says that God is our truth and the inward part. Now, when they heard this, they was pricked in their hearts. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all that are far even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untowards generation. Then they that gladly received this word was baptized. And the same day they were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and breaking the bread, and a prayer. My brothers and sisters, the Holy Ghost is still for you and I today. For see, said he, you make all things according to the pattern show thee in the mount. I don't find in the Word of God any place where anyone says, I'm happy because i Receive the Holy Ghost. I don't find where they say, I got a good feeling and tears ran down my eyes because I got the Holy Ghost. But I do find many scriptures that says, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. That is the evidence that you have been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And once you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you are filled with the fruit of the Spirit of God. Now you have love. Now you have joy. Now you have peace. Now you have long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance inside of you. You don't have it without the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're here today, and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to know that the promise is unto you. And it's to your children. And it's to all that are far even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Maybe it's been a while since you've spoken in tongues. 
Amen. I want to encourage you before you leave today to walk into that holy place and allow God to fear you again. Because the day is Pentecost. It is a liberation time. It is the time to set the captives free. As Paul says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Hallelujah. So let's just be renewed a while in the Spirit this morning. Amen. Praise God. I thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord God, for your grace. I thank you, Lord, for your love for us, oh God. These altars are open if you want to come down here and pray. Amen. If it's been a long time since you have ever spoken in tongues, amen, you need to renew today. Get renewed again in the Spirit and in the power of God before you leave this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. I thank you, Lord. Oh, God, I know there's none like you, Jesus. Thank you for the truth of your word, God. Thank you, Lord God, for the truth.